Warning, the content you are about to hear on this podcast contains some explicit language as well as a brief reference to rape, sexual assault, substance abuse, and grooming. Discretion is advised. I think that I'm just a rock chick. I would describe my music and my sound as Avril The best damn thing. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast, a facts and trivia-based podcast about Canadian pop singer Avril Lavigne. I'm your host, Andrew DeFrancesco. Before we jump into our topic for this episode, I'm going to first make an amendment to the previous episode where we discussed controversial figures Avril has worked with. Someone pointed out to me that I missed a couple, so I want to add them here. Please be forewarned, this will include some sensitive topics. So in addition to all of the controversial figures that we discussed last time, Avril also collaborated with Nick Carter on Get Over Me in 2015. Nick Carter has had several issues with drug and alcohol abuse, DUIs, and has been accused of rape and sexual assault by various women. Avril has also worked with actor Wilmer Valderrama in the 2015 film Charming and asked him to host her hashtag Fight Lime concert in 2020. He met actress and singer Demi Lovato when she was 17 and he was 29, though they did not begin dating until Demi was 18. However, Demi released a song called 29 off her album Holy Fuck in 2022, which discusses age gaps and grooming in relationships. Fans speculated the song was heavily referring to her relationship with Wilmer. Avril still follows both Nick and Wilmer on Instagram, but has not worked with them or spoken of them in recent years. And now let's jump into this bonus episode where we're going to discuss the latest Avril news, including two new leaked songs, plus the start of her European tour. Here's the major events and highlights that have happened since our last episode. On April 5th, a Head Above Water outtake called Energy leaked. On April 9th, a Love Sucks outtake called C'est La Vie leaked. On April 12th, Avril resumed the Love Sucks tour with the European leg in Paris. Most of the setlist and production elements were the same as previous legs of the tour. However, she cut Boys Lie and Losing Grip in exchange for When You're Gone and played acoustic guitar on Wish You Were Here. The Bad Reputation video montage from previous tours replaced Cannonball as the opening segment and Bite Me was the first song. She added a brief acapella intro to What the Hell as a call and response game with the crowd. She also added in Avalanche and I'm a Mess. She also included a cover of Wannabe by the Spice Girls with opening act Femme, and brought up fans from the audience on stage who were chosen prior to the show. Additionally, she invited the crowd to sing Happy Birthday to Travis Mills of the opening act Girlfriends. She also had a new electric guitar to perform My Happy Ending. In place of the black and orange striped guitar from the Love It When You Hate Me music video, she instead used a sparkly orange Fender guitar. After the show, Avril went to a local bar to watch Travis perform a mini set. On April 14th, for the show in Amsterdam and all shows following, the cover song was changed to All the Small Things by Blink-182, which she performed with Femme and Girlfriends. On April 17th, Halle Bailey sang Complicated as part of That's My Jam on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Here's to Never Growing Up was included on the Spotify playlist for songs from or inspired by the new Barbie movie. And Melanie Martinez named Avril as an inspiration for her new album, Portals, saying, Definitely in this album, the rock influences are very noticeable. I want to try it in Evil. I have been listening to Avril for years, and she is a great inspiration in this record, a legend in rock. So first sharing my thoughts on the two new leaked songs that we got, C'est La Vie and Energy. Starting with Energy, because that was the one that we got first. It is supposedly an outtake from Head Above Water, and I really like Energy, but it's really short, and it almost kind of sounds like a demo, almost kind of sounds incomplete or something, and we don't actually know if she wrote on it at all, so I can kind of see why it maybe didn't make the record, just because it feels kind of incomplete, and it doesn't seem like she wrote it, or maybe it doesn't seem like something she would write, but I think it would have made a really interesting addition to Head Above Water. Um, some people were kind of lukewarm on the song, but I actually really liked, especially the chorus of it, and um, it just seems kind of like something a little different than what she normally does. 
And I think it would have just kind of brought a little something more to Head Above Water because it kind of seems like almost with Head Above Water, based on the leaked songs that we've gotten, that she was kind of heading in two different directions with it. There was the direction that we ended up getting, which was kind of more acoustic-based and ballad-based. And then there was the version that she was kind of going for with all these leaked songs. It seemed like something a little more on the pop side and a more more like electronic and something that was a little bit of a departure from what she had done previously, but still very much in that pop vein, just kind of a different side of pop, I guess. Um, and I think it would, would have been really interesting if she had explored that more. Like there's just so many songs that got cut from Head Above Water that would have been really, really great additions like Lights Out, Bright, Lucky Ones, and then this song. So it's just kind of interesting that she decided not to go in that direction for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because maybe she didn't really have writing credits on those songs because they do seem different than what she normally would write. And as we saw on the final product, the final version of the album, the songs that she did have writing credits on were like very different type of songs. So yeah, I think that Energy would have made a really great addition to the album and I, I quite like it. And then there's Say La Vie, which is from the Love Sucks Sessions. And it took a few listens to grow on me because I thought it sounded a little bit dated at first and very reminiscent of The Best Damn Thing. But kind of like the more that I listened to it, the more I guess it kind of grew on me. I mean, I still kind of think that to some degree, but it is very catchy and gets stuck in your head easily. And the thing that I like about it is that it's a different topic besides breakups, because obviously the large majority of songs on Love Sucks are about breakups. And I like that this song was about something completely different. It actually really reminds me, I don't know if anybody else thought of this when listening to it, but it really reminds me of another outtake from the Best Damn Thing sessions called I Don't Want to Be, which was eventually given to the band Puffy. But if you look at the lyrics, they're very similar. It's kind of about not wanting to be like this perfect pop star type of thing and not wanting to feel the pressure of having to like look perfect and act perfect all the time because that's just not who Avril is. So like these two songs, if you kind of go back over the lyrics, you'll notice that they actually do kind of share some parallels and kind of talk about the same thing, which I thought was interesting. I, I doubt that was deliberate, but it was just something that I thought of. And so I like that she kind of did write about fame a little bit and the pressures. And especially, I think it was interesting to get the perspective from her being a female in the entertainment industry. As we know, there's kind of like some double standards that female celebrities face that their male counterparts don't. And the pressures that females or women in particular have to face in the entertainment industry I just thought it was really, really interesting because we don't normally hear her thoughts on that. So I liked that was one of the things that I liked about it. And it was kind of told in this more lighthearted way, not because usually that topic is told more in like a melancholy kind of way or like a what was me kind of way. And I thought it was kind of interesting that she chose to do it in this sort of tongue in cheek, sort of like, I don't really care type of way. Another thing that was interesting about Say La Vie is that there was a picture that was taken a very, very long time ago where she was holding an electric guitar and it had all the song titles from Love Sucks written on it in Sharpie. And this one and California were both written on the guitar, but then obviously neither of those songs were ever released officially. And so at the time, I think we all thought that maybe these were going to be the two tracks that would make it onto the deluxe edition, which of course that didn't happen either. So it's really interesting to think what might have happened to these songs, like maybe they were going to be on the deluxe edition as a bonus track, and then she decided to scrap them for whatever reason. Maybe she just liked the other songs better. I don't know. But it is interesting to note that this was one of the songs that was written on her guitar in that picture. And then, of course, nothing ever happened with it. But for as much as I like the song and enjoy it, I think that it probably didn't make the cut of the album just because the overall theme of Love Sucks was obviously about breakups and 
like finding love again and stuff. And so this just didn't fit that theme. I mean, neither does Avalanche, if you think about it, like that doesn't really fit the theme either. But I think overall, she wanted to keep the topic about breakups or love or just like emotional feelings. And I think Say La Vie just kind of just didn't fit that kind of vibe that she was going for. So next, giving my thoughts on the European tour set list. So the European tour has finally started after, like, I can't even imagine all the people who bought tickets literally three years ago. And it must feel so surreal that it's finally happen- happening after all the cancellations and postponements and things with COVID. Um, especially because it's funny to think about how this was originally supposed to be the Head Above Water tour, and now it's a completely different tour for a completely different album. So it must feel so weird that it's like finally happening after all these literal years of waiting. So in terms of the set list, like I said, there weren't a ton of changes from what she was playing before, but she did make some changes. I know that some people are unhappy that she cut some of the Love Sucks songs to make room for these other songs that she added in, particularly Cannonball, because I know a lot of people really liked that as the intro. I know that some people mentioned like on the last tour, I think it was the Japan League, that she seemed to have trouble like keeping up with the fast tempo of that song. So maybe that's why she cut it. I honestly don't mind the Bad Reputation video montage. Like some people who were there at the show did confirm that they updated the video with clips from like Bite Me and Love It When You Hate Me, like the new videos that she's been doing. So I know some people are sick of seeing that same video montage like every single tour, but I actually think it's kind of cool. Like I like that you can see all of her different eras represented. I had said on Band-Aids, I think it's kind of like her version of the eras tour like Taylor Swift is doing, where you get to see all of her past selves kind of in one video together. And I think it's just cool to see how she's evolved over the years. And then I think as long as they keep adding like the new videos from the latest album or era into it to keep it up to date, I think it's okay. I know some people are bummed that Cannonball got cut because that was like made to be an opening song. But like I said, there might have been some reason why she cut it. Like she just had trouble keeping with the fast pace of it maybe. And so I think the Bad Reputation video montage, as long as they've kept it up to date to include videos from the latest era, I think that's like an okay substitution. I also like that she added in some old songs like When You're Gone and especially playing Wish You Were Here on guitar because she hasn't done like she hasn't played Wish You Were Here in general in like a decade probably. And then she's never played guitar on it before. So that was an interesting change. And then I like that she's brought back a couple of covers. So I think the first night when she did Wannabe with Femme and brought fans up on the stage, that was really cool and just a really fun little thing to like get the fans involved. I'm, I'm not sure why she only played it for that one night, though. That was kind of interesting. Like, I'm not sure why for only the first show that she decided to do that, because I think it would have been cool and fun if she had kept it for like every single show or if she'd at least maybe change the cover every show or every few shows if they had gotten different covers. Now it seems like every show it's just been all the small things by Wink-182. And I get that maybe when it comes to doing covers, especially when you're bringing the opening acts with you, that you want to do something that you all know that doesn't take a ton of time to practice, I guess. And like to do a different cover every single night and make sure everybody knows it and have time to practice it and stuff. I get I get that that could probably be a little bit impractical. But I mean, we've heard her do all the small things many, 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 many times at this point. And I guess it's, it's probably fun in, in person when you're there. But I, I just kind of would have liked to see a different cover. Like I think the wannabe cover was really interesting because it was new and she had never done it before. But like I said, I get that maybe it's just like impractical to try to pick a different cover every night. But I think that that would be really cool. And also picking fans to come on stage, that only happened that one night as well. I think some people said that they might have been from the Avril Lavigne Foundation, like it might have been something that the foundation put together. So again, why they only did that for that one show, I don't know. But it would be cool if they did it for other shows. But at least for the times that she didn't do that, she has either gone down in front of the audience, like the first row of people, the people right in front 
and kind of like gotten right up to them or she like signed things for them while she was singing or like took pictures with them while singing and held hands with people and that kind of thing. Or there have been some shows, not every show, but for some shows, she has gone outside after the show and met with fans like by the tour bus. So it's nice that she always kind of tries to make some effort in some way to interact with the fans, like whether it's bringing them up on stage or interacting with them in the crowd or meeting them after the show. The other thing I kind of am not a fan of, and I know a lot of people aren't, is why for the song Love Sucks, she's still insisting on playing the drums and why she only does like a verse and a chorus of it. Like it is a little bit silly to me that it's the name of the tour. It's the literal name of of the album of the tour, and she's only doing a verse and a chorus of it. Like I've mentioned before, I feel like she would be better off just abandoning the drums and just actually playing the song in full. But something that I do like is that she is taking fan requests into consideration. Like, I know When You're Gone and Wish You Were Here were two older songs that were highly requested for her to add back in. I just wish that she would kind of change it up a little bit more. Like, it seems like for now, at least, that she's not planning on deviating from those two songs. And I I know that fans are also bummed that she cut losing grip to make room for them. There must be something about, like, she can only do 16 songs. Because I know that, like, from some of the videos that I saw, like, I just noticed that she seemed to get winded pretty easily. So I don't know if, like her issues with Lyme disease might have caused that or whatever the case might be. But maybe there's like just some reason she can only do a very short set list. So unfortunately, I guess if that's the case, then whenever she needs to add songs in, she's got to cut songs somewhere. And so losing group was just one of the ones that was going to get cut. I honestly am okay with it because I think that like losing group had its time, like she's played it so many times. And I think to at least bring back some songs that she hasn't played in quite some time, like for example, Wish You Were Here, she hasn't played in a very long time. And like I said, she never played it on guitar before either. So at least like if you're going to cut something, but you're making up for it in a different way. I just hope that she adds some other songs that people requested to. Like I know Nobody's Home was a really, really highly requested one. I know that she had also talked about possibly adding in Mercury and Retrograde and Pity Party, which I think would be really good because we obviously haven't heard those live yet. And um, I also like that she officially added Avalanche to the set list as well, because that was another one that was very, very highly requested and wasn't originally part of the set list for the other legs. And then I think once she realized how popular and how highly requested it was, she was like, oh, I guess I better add this in here. So I'm honestly okay with like Cannonball or Boys Lie getting cut if it means that Avalanche gets added in. Like it's basically like cutting a Love Sucks song for adding another Love Sucks song in. Overall, she seems to be really happy to be back on stage and back in Europe because obviously it's been a really long time and like her little interactions with the crowd where she's like, it's been way too long and um, her little like Instagram posts and stories where she's like exploring around the cities that she's visiting and stuff. She just seems like really in good spirits and happy to be back after so long. And a little tidbit, if you're interested, her bass player, Matt Riley, has been posting some tour vlogs on YouTube under the name Matt Riley Productions, if you're interested in watching them. I don't think Avril's actually in them. Like, I've seen bits and pieces, and I don't think Avril is actually in them. But he just kind of, like, goes around, like, exploring the city and buying, like, interesting food and snacks and stuff to try. And he has, like, little funny stories. Like, I think he, like, flooded his hotel room <laughs> or something recently. And um, he shares little behind the scenes about, like, what it's like to be on tour, like, how they're how they prepare for the shows and stuff so that's just like a little kind of extra bonus thing if you're interested to check out his tour vlogs the other thing that i like too about this tour is that avril seems to be having a lot of fun with the openers with femme and girlfriends 
Sometimes headliners don't tend to interact a lot with their opening acts or like rarely talk to them. And so I think it's really cool and nice that Avril does actually make an effort to kind of like be friends with them and make them feel like they're part of the group or part of the tour family. And she seems to be having a lot of fun in particular with Femme because they're both like the only women on the tour and that they're having like their little sleepovers or girls nights kind of things together. And it's just really nice to see Avril because, I mean, most of Avril's friends tend to be men. And so I just think it's nice to see her like kind of have like that female friendship for a change. So that's about all we know for the tour for right now. Like, I don't know if anything else is going to change about it. But once the tour is officially over in May, I will come back and do a more proper episode on it like I've done with her previous tours. But that's pretty much what we have for now. And it doesn't seem like the set list is really going to change too, too much going forward. But I kind of just wanted to get on here and talk a little bit about it now that it's officially started and kind of give my thoughts on the changes that have been made and how it's been going so far. And the fans seem really, really happy with it. Like overall, I mean, there's the typical complaints about the set list being too short or like, you know, I wish you had played this song instead of this song or like Love Sucks songs getting cut and things like that. Like the usual kind of complaints about the set list. But overall, the fans even like despite the complaints, the fans seem really, really happy. I mean, like I said, I can't imagine having waited that long for like for some people, it's not even that they've been holding out to those tickets for three years, but for some of them, they have never seen Avril live and they've been a fan for like 20 years or something. So I can't imagine what it's like to finally get to see her after all that time, like whether it's been a few years or 20 years and getting to see her sing all of the hits that we know and love. And overall, it seems like it's going really well so far and that everyone, her and the fans are having a great time. So the next thing that's coming is the collab with Elenium that we've talked about before. Eyes Wide Shut is coming out on April 28th. So I will probably come back and do a bonus episode on that once that's released. And then, of course, any other updates that happen in the meantime with Avril or any more tour updates or things like that. So in the meantime, if you are going to one of the shows in Europe, I hope that you have a really excellent time. Like I've always said, it doesn't really end up mattering what she plays. It's always going to be a good time. Her band is great and usually her energy is really good. And you're just going to have the time of your life. I can guarantee you're going to have the night of your life singing along with her and singing along to all the songs that you love. There's just nothing like it. And especially if you are lucky enough to get to like interact with her or meet her after the show or something, it's just going to be something that you're never going to forget. You're not going to be concerned about, you know, what she played or whether she hit this note or whatever, that kind of thing. It's all about just the feeling of being in the same room with her and the feeling of all the fans together singing along to every single word of the songs that we love. So if you are going or if you're just catching up with the videos and stuff that people take online. I hope regardless, everybody's been enjoying it. And that if you are going to a show that you enjoy every single minute of it. So that's all I have for now as we conclude this bonus edition of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform so you can get new episodes directly in your feed. And please take a minute to leave a rating or review to help more fans find the show. We're currently streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Audible. And you can also find me on Instagram at Best Damn Avril Pod to keep up with the latest podcast news. Join me again next time on the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast. The Best Damn Avril Veeam podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by Andre DeFrancesco. Theme music is HD and Lights by J Powell Flicks. Follow the latest podcast news on Instagram at Best Damn Avril Pod or email Best Damn Avril Pod at yahoo.com.